Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, all of your deliveries electrified. That's right. We've got Brent Hammer here in the digital theoretical studio this evening. Brent, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, Brent, is uh, you're, you're a deliverer, deliverer by bicycle. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I, um, I work for like the various uh, internet companies, and uh, uh, I got an e-bike, so you know, kind of my latest thing has been trying to do it. Uh, with the e-bike and seeing how that does. Okay. And did you start out doing it on a conventional bike, or did you have the e-bike when you started in? Yeah, yeah. I've I've been doing the delivery game for about uh, three or four years. Whenever, basically, whenever it started here in Portland. And um, I, uh, yeah, I started. You know, I started out just riding around on my my fixie. You know, and doing deliveries on that. Um, and uh, yeah, just as of on Christmas, I actually got the e-bike. Oh, nice. Um, how has it how has it been for you? Yeah, I started about four years ago on a regular bike, um, and uh, on Christmas I got the e bike, and so the last few few months I've been doing it on the e bike, and uh, um, you know they're both great, but it's it's really nice to have the flexibility of the e bike. Do you find that it's uh, increased your delivery radius? Yeah. So so the way that it kind of works within the uh, you know, like take Postmates or whatever, when you change your settings, uh, it, it effectively gives you a larger radius from which, you know, you can be dispatched to a restaurant and then a larger radius from which you can deliver from the restaurant, um, which is going to naturally increase the number of orders and offers you receive um, and allowing you to select, like, you know, the better offers, like, overall. And what would your criteria be for like what is or is not a better offer? I don't know. I guess yeah. Let's let's start all the way from the beginning about like, totally. what is yeah. what is it that you deliver? Is it mostly just like rest restaurants, food, or do you expand yeah. to like other things? Yeah. So um, you know, like when these when these apps all started, they tried to offer like a, a variety of things. But in all honesty, the the most like the best thing to deliver and the thing that has been most demanded is, is just food. So the majority of what um, I do would be, for example, like, you know, the other day I was just hanging around in Lloyd district and I just kept getting orders from the Chipotle and Lloyd district. So I just kept running uh, orders <laughs> from that Chipotle into the that local neighborhood. And um, so like that, that, the reason I can like uh, say like, okay, I can get better orders is basically like when an order comes up, it tells you how many dollars you're going to get for that order. And um, the more offers you're getting, the more you can select those, those premium orders, you know, basically like more dollars per mile is kind of the criteria. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, like with the e-bike, you know, you, you end up with like a broader, you just get more orders to choose from. And so you can kind of, pick the ones you want 
Do you also ride the e-bike just kind of around for fun or was it more of like a business motivated decision? Um, It, it, it kind of helped me. So like my dad lives out in Camas and um, he just moved here. And so um, I don't have a car. So there was like things like that were actually like helpful for me because I've been car free for, I don't know, nine, 10 years. Um, Nice. But yeah. So, so, you know, so I've definitely lived that life. Um, and it does help. Like, you know, if I want, I, what I was doing when I was going out to Camus with just the bike, what I'd do is I'd hit on the 65, take the bus over, you know, and then bike the rest of the way, which is fine. I don't mind that, you know, the hybrid tri-met, you know, bike life that, that definitely works. Um, but let's say I want to go out there later at night when the, the buses stop and stuff like that. Like, uh, that's also been like a huge help in my life to be able to go over that 205 bridge at midnight, you know, and just like crush it, you know, no problem. Um, so yeah, it, overall it has been a lot of fun. I still do. Cause I do love the purest, the purest like bike life. Um, I still do ride that around when I was doing group rides and stuff, I would still ride my hybrid around stuff like that. So yeah, the, uh, 205 path i've only really ridden one way because uh there's one way that's fun to ride it on a regular bike yeah it's 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 pretty tough and it can get really windy Mm. um and that like a headwind like can really be like pretty killer we've uh so so one of the things that we've been talking with other folks on the show about has been uh, just kind of like that e-bike transition uh and we're we're like super e-bike curious uh because yeah <laughs> we come from a from a more i, I don't know we all all but anybody over like 15 probably comes from riding a regular bike kind of background um, yeah totally but with that you know folks kind of engage with it at different levels and so one of the things that has been really exciting and interesting for us is that um, just kind of the different ways that folks are finding to work e-bikes into their uh, into their lives and sort of like what they want to do or what's enabled by riding e-bikes. Um, and like overall, I think, you know, on, a, on an anecdotal survey, uh, less of our listeners are e-bike riders than are traditional or as uh, I think Patrick would say, analog bike riders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what What were some of the things that surprised you, or or we what what blew out your expectations uh, in making that transition, and sort of like what uh, what way, what made you settle for that as a direction? Um. Yeah. I mean, totally. Like, I definitely like, and I definitely even before buying it, like, I felt a little bit of that tension because you know, like. You know, I, I lead like one of the bike clubs in Portland. I lead the teenage dirtbag bike club and we do like things at pedal oh, yeah. and I so I, I know that there is, you know, just kind of talking, you know, that that, that some there's a, sometimes there's like a little bit of a stigma even about e bikes, you know, and like especially out in that scene, like it might not be cool or like it might seem less cool to be on an e bike. So I thought about all that, but then I weighed it against things like again, like being able to travel out to Camus, you know, like on a on a whim, or um, also like um, it can pull a lot more weight. So in the in the in the inverse, I've now built like a big trailer, you know, that I can put a couple big speakers on, and now oh, yeah. I can pull that around, you know, like with a lot more ease. You know what I mean? I can add more weight. Um, so 
So I, I definitely see that. But yeah, it's like it's it's kind of like if you if I am car free, and I guess that's how I look at it. Like, um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna allow me to extend me being a delivery, you know, boy for a longer time. I think it'll uh, it, it'll keep that as a viable possibility, you know, especially like right now when things are a little like upheaval, like you know, having like just more stability because I have more a little bit more like options is is really helping me out. But I know the tension, and I and I respect that tension, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I on our part, uh, like speaking right personally, on. I was I was I I've always been like. I think Guthrie said e-bike curious, but I've, I'm a huge supporter for e-bikes as far as like a, a utility purpose. And you mentioned like having uh, a bigger trailer. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that. That was necessarily your initial um, switch to the e-bike. Yeah. It was mostly like, I just want to be able to go farther a little bit. Uh, right. Without yeah, having totally. to yeah. feel and totally exactly. exhausted like, at the end of the Exactly. Yeah. And then discovering like, oh, like this thing like will allow me to pull a hundred pounds plus, you know, uh, for right. 15 miles on a group ride, you know, like uh, that's, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's a really cool thing, you know, and it gives me other ideas of things I could do with it. I see a lot of people, <laughs> you know, they have them, they have their kids on them, you know, like stuff like that, like mm -hmm. bringing them to school. Um, you know, so that's, that's them getting rid of their car, at least for that school ride. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and how many, um, I mean, I, I, my main job is, uh, driving school bus and, uh -huh. you know, how many cars are in that school loading zone? <laughs> yeah, could be, oh my God. Could be, could be, you know, the space of one car is like six or eight bikes delivering their kids. Versus yeah. like one car delivering one kid. Yeah, it it it, it is it is crazy. It's crazy to me. And I actually uh, I used to work at after school program in Northeast, and uh, you know you would you would, that that was like a huge thing. Like they would you know parents like jamming up the parking lot, you know, to drive their kids a couple blocks. Um, and it, and then there were a few parents who you know they they would like show up on their bikes and stuff like that, and. Uh, it just, yeah, like I, I've seen that the mess around schools, for example, is um, especially when the distances are kind of short. It's a great, it's a great alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to the delivery side of things, uh, yeah. do you, are you with anyone in particular or do you just kind of like use the apps as, as it goes? Yeah. So, um, the, the, the kind of like common way people do it is since you're, you're a contractor and you're independent of uh, any particular app, the, and, and of course there are like disadvantages to that uh, in terms of like work sure. law. But um, the advantages uh, is that, you know, I pop into to downtown Portland and I have the flexibility of deciding like which app at any moment I want to turn on. And since they offer different bonuses, um, whichever one is kind of doing the best for me at that moment, I'll run that for a few hours, um, and just accept deliveries on that. And, and it's, it's just kind of a matter of like keeping up on like who's doing what. And so usually in a given week I will work for, uh, caviar, Uber eats, Postmates and DoorDash. 
um, and I'll have I'll have my orders are spread across them. Um, and so you're not taking two orders at once or anything like that. But if there's any kind of lull on one app, you just switch over to another one, and you you know you find out where the orders are coming from. Oh, and that's been working. Yeah, and well, it works. It, it ends up working really well because that that way it's not a problem of like, oh, DoorDash made a, I don't know, a flub, a PR flub, so no one's ordering on DoorDash. Well, if you were stuck <laughs> and only had DoorDash, you know, and and that was that, that was a thing I did initially. I was only on one app, and anytime there was any kind of problem with that app, or if the app didn't work, um, that was it. I didn't make any money that day. So just to learn to that have some stability, like if there's any problem or um, maybe there's too many of these drivers on this app right now, switch over. And so that's, that tends to be how a lot of people do it. Um, and that way, yeah, again, you get those, you get more volume of orders to choose. You know, I want, I want the most money per short order. That's also the best for the customer too, because I don't want to run, you know, food around too far. Sure. By the time you get it there, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold, which is going to reduce my tip and also bad for the customers. So yeah, I've kind of learned over time, like, frankly, <laughs> like the downtown area in Lloyd Center. I mean, that's, that's the way to, that's the place to go. Even, even if though, I, I can on the e-bike, I can, I can work out in Vancouver, for example, I can do that. Um, it's probably yeah, it's you, just, I, just sort of like more problematic. Okay. I did see that you were in Vancouver doing e-bike yeah. delivery stuff. Well, I tried it out. I really tried it out last week when they first did the restrictions and it was only in Washington for a day. Uh Um, And I wanted to see, I wanted to see perhaps if that uh, would mean that there were a huge ton of orders. Um, But what I found is that especially the first Oh, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Most restaurants went to delivery only. Right. Yeah. So that's what I was, you know, so I popped over and I, I, that first day I wanted to see if, you know, Vancouver, maybe, maybe Vancouver's going, Vancouver's normally kind of quiet. I want to see maybe Vancouver would be, and it really wasn't. Um, but I do do that sometimes. Like I do, I am able on the e-bike to work out in here in these suburbs. Um, but the distances are longer. So it's ultimately, I find, I just find yeah, ultimately it's zipping around downtown works best. All right. But it is, it is cool. Like when I am out in Vancouver and I do deliveries, I mean, sometimes I can take one out. Like last two weeks ago, I took one out to a farm, you know. <laughs> so I'm like rolling down their driveway on the e-bike, dropping off a burrito. <laughs> you know, there's like a horse in the driveway. You know, I'm <laughs> zipping past that thing. Um, and so it's kind of funny. So that, it's funny, that like... Be... Okay, keep talking, sorry. I was just going to say that was going to be one of my questions was what is the farthest you've ever delivered a single food item? Yeah. I mean, I, what, what's the farthest? Yeah. Um, the, the farthest was, um, so, so one time I actually like, I did get one and it was like, I was, I was, I was heading to my dad's house. So I was about to go over the two Oh five bridge. So I got one. It was a ping from, like by the airport, I forget, maybe the Chipotle. And it was going over to Vancouver. And so, yeah, I took that thing pretty, I think it to the, the edge of Camus. It was something like eight miles, um, <laughs> which, which is not normally what I did, but I, it just happened to be heading that way. So, yeah, I brought a burrito, you know, across, across the state line on the bike. Uh, so it was pretty <laughs> funny. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, and it gets kind of like rural out on the edge of Vancouver. So it's you know, it's like people are not expecting a bike to roll up at all. What are uh, what are some yeah, of the reactions, it, or do you see do you get a, a most common reaction, or everybody's just kind of at their own? I I think yeah, I think I think a lot of people like are um they're impressed i've gotten a lot of people you know who the people who really pick up on it like uh and kind of like can figure out what's going on i've gotten like a lot of happy they're happy that there's not a car involved in their delivery some people do feel guilty i think when they they order food you know and they're thinking about how that all works um and so they're i do think they are happy to see a a, a bike show up um and then since I got the e-bike, a lot of people don't even know what they're looking at, <laughs> you know? And I think that's kind of like a funny thing that um, they might be seeing an e-bike for the first time. Um, so, um, but yeah, I do get a lot of reaction, especially in the winter when I'm showing up in like a full, you know, high viz, you know, rain suit. Um, uh, I think they're, they're impressed by that. Yeah. The, uh, the electrified on bikes, it's funny, that kind of reminds me of a thing I was mentioning to Aaron the other week is that uh, folks don't really, like folks are oftentimes trying to be nice when they turn your bike lights off, uh, but they don't really uh, always <laughs> know what a dynamo is. And so right. I, I was having an issue this winter where like two to three times a week, I'd lock up my bike and it would be dark out and then I'd get back from my thing and I'd get like another two or three blocks away and then realize like, oh shit, somebody like turned my electric light off um because it just runs on like hub power (laughs) so like obviously it's it's people trying to be nice um right it's like be be nice but know the difference between battery and hub power (laughs) because then i get hit by a bus because i'm just used to it being on the on the whole time (laughs) that's pretty funny yeah it i i do look back on it humorously now that it's getting a little lighter out um right right when you were going to select an e-bike uh what were your considerations had had you had a certain model in mind or did you need a certain type of um specification out of that machine for your purposes uh yeah that that is a good question because there are there are quite a few um and and actually actually a little bit uh, funny in terms of that story is that like i would say prior Prior to Christmas, I was thinking about it, and I had, I had talked myself out of it. And then um, it was my 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 brother in law. He he was the first one that I know who bought an e bike. And the reason he bought it is because he works at a um, a computer company out in Camas, and he lives in Portland. And so he was trying to get out of that commute that he does that that really like is pretty awful, just trying to come from like. 5 p.m., 6 p.m. from Camas just to get back into Portland. Um, so uh, he he did all the research and 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 he he just kept hammering me, <laughs> and so I just kind of I kind of gave in because um, he's he he, he he knew I was going to need it and he knew I wanted it. But um, uh, yeah, it just happened that the Rad e-bike uh, company was having like um, a big sale in December and that, and I've seen them around a lot. Um, and so that was kind of like, uh, how I made that decision. Um, but there are a lot of brands and, um, there's, and there's, there's even, there's definitely like two types. There's the one with the mid drive and there's the one with the rear drive. 
Um, and the mid drives are like definitely more performance based. Um, but so I didn't, I didn't really need that for my purposes. So I went with just a rear drive, which is a little bit less expensive. Yeah. The, um, interesting thing about the rad power bikes as well. Um, and I'm, I've been trying to get one of their folks. I have a friend, um, back from college who's working for them now. And I, I'm always like, Hey, if you're in Portland, uh, but I guess that won't be relevant for a little while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's, we can get her to call in. Um, the, the neat thing about them is they sell direct to consumer. Uh, so, you know, e-bikes from a cost to performance standpoint, um, it's already a pretty decently priced bike. And then you toss the, you know, quarterly sale on the end of it there. And you've got a really good package for, you know, yeah. just under or over a thousand bucks usually. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, I've been very impressed with it. And it's like, um, also coming like the last, you know, the last bike I was doing deliveries on just to talk bikes was, you know, like I liked it, but it was a single speed and I was riding on 723s. And, you know, like when you hit, a bump, <laughs> you know, like a big, a big pothole and you're trying to keep yeah. a, some food from falling apart. Um, it, it is kind of nice to have like one of these e-bike models that is just like wider tires. It's got shocks, etc. cetera. Um, so I do kind of like the design that they, they did. Right on. That, that makes me wonder, have you ever, I mean, everybody in Portland has the wheel got stuck in the rail story oh, yeah, yeah. You know, have, have you done that during a delivery um i i've never so yeah um i've never had it that well not specifically the the, the wheel and the rail but yes i have i have um i have crashed mid-delivery and uh to Ooh. be the funniest thing i don't i don't remember what it was um like what the food was but i determined at the time the best thing to do was just complete the delivery and just kind of hope for the best. And I, I remember I did get a tip on the delivery, even though the burrito or whatever was like smashed, you know, <laughs> completely smashed. Um, I said, sorry, you know, I was apologetic. You know, I told them I would inform them and they'd get a refund and uh, they gave me a tip anyway. So, but oh, um, yeah, it, 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 I've gotten pretty good about it, but yeah, a couple of times I have, I have just simply like, you know, had either like slammed the bike down and like for some reason or, or kind of wiped out a little bit and <laughs> you know what happened to the food i'm guessing <laughs> um well transitioning a little bit from deliveries because you also mentioned and i was going to ask you about this anyway um that you are part of the dirt bag bike club yeah. here and so you you host uh some group rides and you yeah. kind of talked about it, but let's uh, go maybe a little bit more into detail on how having a e-bike has changed the way you do the group rides. Yeah, totally. It's, it's really like, um, it's, it's really been cool. If, uh, my aforementioned like brother-in-law, he's a really, he's an engineer. And so he's crafty and I'm the one who's like, determined you know so like i i get an idea like oh we want to build some mega trailer for pedalpalooza you know what we want to have a battery on it and a light system and you know and and he knows how to actually help me build it and so that that's been a cool like ancillary project from the e-bike is to be able to you know we bought like a, a trailer and we stripped it down and now we're like building it back up to be you know incredibly elaborate um nice 
And so, and, 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 you know, and it is really for that kind of, well, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it's all going to go down this year, but for those pedal palooza days when you, you just want to parade around with your cool project, I, that was probably one of the first things when I moved to Portland that impressed me was those group rides when people would bring out their speaker bikes and uh, the more elaborate their speaker bike was, I could tell that the cooler they were. In the, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, that guy's that guy's cool. You yeah, know? speaker like, bikes are pretty <laughs> awesome. It's and it's kind of and the better they are, the cooler they are. And it, I, I, I could see. I think that I liked that. I liked it that it wasn't about uh, cars or it wasn't about you know some other thing. It was more about how DIY you could get with it. And um, and so that's that's kind of helped me. And so yeah, having the I think the, the ultimate load capacity of the Rad City is like 275. So, you know, that could easily between the rack that is welded to it and the and the uh, a trailer. You know, like I think that the plan is to have an external battery, an FM transmitter, and then we could have everybody linked in on an FM stereo <laughs> as we're doing the ride. Um, Ooh, yeah and so that's that's kind of the plan at this point you know um and just have and then lights you know all the monkey electric monkey lights and all those kind of things like um and uh and, and basically like we had already kind of been planning that but the e-bike just allows us to go bigger for the uh speaker bikes do you have any in particular that really caught your fancy um i'm thinking of like notable notable speaker bikes on the pdx bike scene oh man god you know yeah i know exactly what you mean um i I don't know all the names but i can tell you i can tell you specifically a couple memories uh one was and maybe you know who this is who who did this one was a couple years back at the big lit and loud ride they had two bikes linked to a um linked to a trailer and they, they managed to put a DJ on the trailer and oh yeah um, they were uh, do you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah so I don't know who it is um, but they do that every year for both bike prom and the loud and lit ride is yes um, yes and I imagine uh, Kamikaze Carl who's sort of a legend uh-huh. here at the bike freak bike scene in portland i'm right. sure he had a hand putting that set up together yeah that I, I still remember that i mean and it was rickety no doubt but uh <laughs> yeah. just just the the audacity <laughs> to try that you know um yeah, that was yeah. Really, there's the tiki bike that comes around that's definitely you know like a, like a big one um, I, I think I'm trying to remember who it was, but the first one I saw that very much impressed me was someone had basically like taken all these car stereo speakers and they were, they had worked some wood and they had made like a nice cool kind of pyramid on a trailer and they had built all these speakers into the pyramid. Um, and, and this was all done on a big cargo bike. So it was really like, well done. Um, yes, yeah, stuff like that always like really really impressed me like how 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 the craftsmanship could come into it and like um people can show off their handiwork you know because i'm not that handy but i am i I do think it's awesome so i want to try my hand at it (laughs) right yeah the nice thing i think too about like the boombox bikes or the speaker bikes is uh you can always you can always go more right like you can start with something small you get your you get your you know little mini can stereo player and then you're like yeah but next year 
next year I'm going to get the big speakers. And then like, you kind of find a way to like work it in. I think it's very, it's very approachable. Um, right. And like right, when, I, totally. when I think about speaker bikes too, I think one of my favorite things is um, not only like the bikes themselves, but what they lend in mass to the rides. And so yeah. like some of my favorite memories are just kind of like, being in the flow of the larger rides but being able to choose what music i listen to and so Mm -hmm. you kind of like ride up next to somebody and you're grooving on that and then you know maybe it switches and you're like all right sweet i can hang back and catch some more tunes that way or i can like pedal forward and like see what's up ahead so like i've always i've always wanted to be a speaker bike person as well right um it's hard with one bike but um at the same time i've always really appreciated like i think that that particular nature of the larger pedal palooza rides has always been like a favorite characteristic of mine yeah absolutely i i i often like yeah i think those are some of my favorite memories is getting in like you said getting into some nice pocket of the larger rides and just like um uh, you know, some some people have just really got it dialed in. You know, there's people like Diablo, and like when you get into a pocket with someone like that guy, it's just like a ton of fun. And he's also always got a crowd. Um, and uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, those are. Uh, yeah, it made me so jealous the first time I was in. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Oh, I want to do it. You know, <laughs> uh, that's always been my mentality. But I think that's good. I think that that kind of like um, it's a challenge. You know, you're kind of like challenging each other. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of building it, building it all up together. Yeah, it's all and it's all in good fun, and and it's just uh, and I I love uh, especially, and I love that it's like it's very egalitarian because these things they can be as cheap or as expensive as you want. You know, it's like you know, I I see people who are just amazing bike mechanics, and they're they're building these things almost free because they're getting the parts free, you know, etc., and doing it their work themselves, and. Uh, it makes me want to learn welding. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was uh I was looking and I didn't know I I think um I would need to double check their gear list, but the the local tool lending library, they were like, Yeah, we've got everything and I was kinda joking and I was like, Yeah, like you've got welders and they're like, Yeah, uh we've got welders. <laughs> Uh, or I, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm remembering from their conversation. <laughs> so I, th- I think that it's out there. I would have to, I'd have to double check, but. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I love stuff like that. I think I'll just give a shout out to, to bikes for humanity. Cause they're the ones who taught me like how I could fix my own bike, you know, and that that's, and realize once I started realizing how cheap it was, like things like building a, a speaker bike or trailer made more sense and seemed more po- possible. Yeah, definitely. They're they're pretty great too. Have we have we yeah. had bikes yeah. for humanity on in? Oh yeah, we have. Yeah, I was gonna say like when was the? <laughs> we haven't had them on this year though. Like when was the last time? Uh, no, um, I, I want to say in the summer, right before Patty and Andrew left on their big multimodal bike tour across uh, the country. Okay, sweet. Yeah, whenever somebody brings them up, I'm always like, we should get them back on again. I know. <laughs> they're, they're great. Yeah, I love, I love those guys. Yeah, I love, uh, I just love, I love their vibe too in that store. It's like a place where you go to work on bikes. You know, it's not, yep. it's not fancy. It's just for working on bikes. So exactly. if, uh, zero pretense involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so assuming that things look a little bit better in June, or perhaps maybe June turns into July Petalpalooza just for this year. Um, Absolutely, yeah. With, with the Teenage Dirtbag Bike Club and some of the Petalpalooza rides, uh, if, if nobody's being on some of your Petalpalooza exploits, uh, what, what can they expect or, or what, what should they look forward to? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, so last, you know, we kind of, me and my buddies kind of started doing this, I'd say like five years ago, and we just got involved in, in the, just the, the low levels. Like, I mean, we just started a ride. Um, and, you know, I think the first year, only like 20 people. And then every year we just kept doing it. And we always try to do like a music theme because a lot of us are DJs. And so that always, that, that part of it just made sense to us, like pick a theme and then we'll have some DJs at the end of the ride. Um, and so last year it really like kind of amped up cause we did the self-titled dirtbag ride, teenage dirtbag ride, which was all about kind of alt rock and blink 182 and that kind of music. And then we also did the Missy Elliott ride, which became like a, a huge ride. Um, and like that, that was the, that was the moment where I was like, okay, maybe we'll start an actual club surrounding all this because there was such a response. I don't know exactly how many people showed up four or 500 people or something like that. were on the ride. Um, and, uh, so yeah, this, this year coming up, um, yeah, again, assuming, you know, everything goes right. I mean, the plan was at the beginning, the first week we were going to do, I break for Drake. Uh, so a, a Drake dream uh, yeah. ride, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and my plan is, is really, I really just because I love doing it, I really want to lead three pedal palooza rides this year. Um, so if it happens, it would be the Missy Elliott ride 2020, and I break for Drake and uh, the teenage dirtbag ride. Right on. And all of them, yeah, they would all have their kind of like music themes, and then what we do is at the end, me and my buddies like link up as many of the portable speakers as we can. And we just basically DJ by the waterfront until our batteries are out. Nice. Uh, and it's just a great time. You know, I love, I love those rides. It's the perfect, you know, like, uh, energies, almost always a bonfire at the end, you know? Um, and yeah, I've just always had a ton of fun out there. And like, I love that community. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so in the next, next week or two or three here, you know, you're, you're in a very, um, like interesting position, I guess, if you will, uh, right. just in regards to all that, is there, is there anything you're looking forward to in the next two or three weeks, uh, or, or anything that, that you want folks to know or anything we should know that we might not know? Also, how um, does it feel that bike delivery is considered an essential service? Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, and, and like, you know, I'm, I'm on a lot of ways, like I'm, I'm very grateful and counting that, you know, cause you know, it, it's my job in the, in the sense of like, you know, it pays all my bills, et cetera. Um, and so I'm happy that I have that, you know, I know a lot of people right now don't, and they don't have that certainty. Um, I'm hoping it stays that way and I can keep doing my job. Of course, who knows? Um, um, it's it's been since since the lockdown. I think we talked a little bit about it. I think it's it's. I expected it would be really popping. It's been sometimes popping, sometimes not. I'm not sure if it's just that kind of volatility and people are, you know, uh, just nervous, um, so they're not spending money. 
Um, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, I think for me, what I would love in the next one, what I'm looking forward to is yeah, if, uh, if it could calm down, I mean, for everybody's sake, um, um, you know, we can get a better handle on it for, for my own purposes. You know, I wear a mask. I, I got, um, I wipe my bike down with, you know, wipes. I have hand sanitizer on all the time, you know, everything in terms of deliveries, everything's contactless now. So, uh, just so, and maybe, maybe people do want to know how this works. Um, when you order yeah, food now, know what contactless delivery means. Yeah. Like, so what contactless delivery means and, and all the services are doing this and I would be doing it anyway, just for my own purposes. Cause I, um, I really don't want to spread it. Um, and what it means is that like when I go to the restaurant, particularly in Portland restaurants, they're really not even letting anyone in the restaurant. Um, you just pick up at the door and usually they just put it out like on a table or something like that. Um, so that I'm not grabbing it from a person. I'm not coming within six feet. Um, and then when I get to the customer, I drop it on their porch or if there's like a table, I'll put it there. I knock and I wait for them to come out and grab it, but I stand back and I'm, I'm more than six feet away. So, um, so I think that, you know, that can definitely help, you know, any kind of like fear that they might have with deliveries, um, that that's the way we're doing it now. Um, and that really should help minimize any risk. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the, the beat every day, you know, I'm still doing it. It's really weird on the streets. It's so quiet <laughs> during the working day um, in yeah. downtown. That, that has been really strange for me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're out there still doing what you're doing, <laughs> and I'm sure yeah, the people I mean, who I'm happy use to your do services it. I'm happy are, to do it, and I yeah. think people are appreciated. And um, but it's definitely, I mean, every day it's 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 a uh, it's it's a concern. I see the business. What I when the main thing I see the restaurants in Portland are hurting. It's not. I don't know if the delivery is paying their bills enough. At least right, right. Um, and so that, I guess in general, I am a little concerned about that because I mean, if they, if they tank, then there's nothing for me to do. Um, <laughs> good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, I do think about that. I don't know. Um, but I mean, as far as it goes right now, I mean, I do think the restaurants are, they're getting their ducks in a row. The ones that, the ones that are like good at delivery are still doing, you know, quick, fast deliveries. I think some restaurants are struggling harder. Um, and, uh, so, so I, I can't really weigh in on the restrictions or any of that. I mean, that's super complicated, but oh, yeah, I do sure, hope, sure. yeah, I do hope that, um, uh, I, I hope that we'll get a little, uh, just generally as a community, maybe a, a less fear so that we can kind of like stabilize, you know, all the things. So we'll have to see. Right on. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll cool. drink to that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then maybe we'll actually have you in the studio for a change. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was wondering last night, I was like, uh, are, are people still going in the studio at all? Or is it just closed or? Um, so we use a studio that, um, is run by X-Ray, um, right. the radio station, which I believe is still running. Uh, but we just ourselves have decided, well, we're just 
not going to go in and not right. ask anybody to come in. Um, right. yeah. It's funny because it was um, COVID-19 was just starting to be a concern. The last time we were there, we even talked about it off the record a little bit. And then, you know, now we're here. <laughs> now we're right. doing it like this. Yeah, it has it changed quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, 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 fortunately, too, even though we're doing <clears throat> a lot of stuff remotely, uh, we are very lucky to have all the equipment. Like, we love the yeah. the studio because it's a great place to record. Um, right. But we're, we're very fortunate to not need um, the place since we have most of the equipment. So that, that was kind of a luck out as well. Yeah, totally. Sweet. Well, well I think well, we're Brent, coming up. For, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, after you heard. I, I was just starting to wrap up, yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks I'll for, let you. <laughs> I was going to say thanks for coming in, but you didn't come in anyway. Thanks for yeah. taking the time to talk with us uh, via our technologies. No, definitely. No, I mean, I, I, I was actually kind of, you know, uh, looking forward to talking about it and sharing what's going on with the delivery game because everybody keeps people are asking me like, Oh, are you swamped? And I'm like, yeah, kind of not really. I think it's a little more, it's more complicated. Um, so I'm happy to kind of share that and talk about e-bikes. Cause I do think they're pretty cool. And then, uh, and just pump the dirt bags, you know, everybody <laughs> check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Whenever this is over, we'll definitely, we'll do a ride, you know, to celebrate for sure. Right nice. What are the, uh, what are the links or the ads for those? Uh, yeah, you can like, uh, let's see. Uh, it's at Teenage Dirtbag Bikes on Instagram. And um, if you just look at yeah, the Teenage Dirtbag Bike Club on Facebook, you'll you'll find it. Sweet. Brent, uh-huh. uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll catch you later. Yeah. Cheers. Right, peace. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? Okay, headlines. First from the New York Daily News. New York governor calls to ban cars. I don't know if you had a chance to read this yet, Guthrie. I did not. Uh, That's a really cool article. Um, Just basically in the wake of COVID-19, New York has essentially gone on lockdown about a week before we did. And um, during this whole sort of uh, social distancing period, uh, the governor had noticed that people were out taking walks and which in and of itself is fine, but New York is a pretty dense city. And when everybody's walking on the sidewalk, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for, you know, the, the social distancing, the required six feet that people have, and then parks were really crowded. And so one thing he's saying is, you know, he doesn't want to discourage people from going outside and, and walking, taking walks or going on a run. But what he wants to call for is maybe shutting down a bunch of the city streets to cars so that people have room to spread out. 
And a little pull quote I got here is, the governor says he's tasked Mayor de Blasio and the council speaker, Corey Johnson, with producing a density reduction plan by Monday morning, uh, which would be today. Uh, the plan should identify which streets across the five boroughs should be closed to traffic. Um, so that's, I think, just kind of good news altogether. Um, be really cool to see other cities kind of follow suit with that. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you talk about uh, points in time where, you know, things are moving, but it doesn't mean they all have to be moving in one direction. Um, right. There's great opportunity opportunity especially in the civic sense is what i'm reading in this uh to reconsider how we use our paths and roadways i think that's an incredibly incredibly smart play yeah and more locally there is an article on the bike portland uh dot org that uh addresses some of the same issues in a in a um more specific to portland uh context so if anybody's kind of curious about how we're dealing with it over here. That's a resource. And speaking of bike Portland, there's an article that I wanted to pull out from their site. Um, and that is bike shops can remain open under the Oregon governor's stay home order. So just this morning, uh, the governor has issued an order that everybody needs to essentially shelter in place. Um, except for certain essential services, uh, food delivery being one, groceries, um, and bike shops are allowed to stay open. They are not on the list of businesses that are required to close. The governor has also not prohibited or discouraged bicycling. In fact, biking in your neighborhood is among the things called out in her official statement, as long as you maintain six or more feet distance between yourself and other riders. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, there's some good coming out of all of this, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think that those yeah. are those are definitely some it's nice to see that. It's it's refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know if you've been to a bike shop um since uh yeah, in the past couple of weeks. I have um, not. But- Okay. Uh, actually, well, so I went. Uh, I went the day after we recorded with for our Gladys episode. Um, uh-huh. I went and dropped off some zines there, but that was the last time I was in a bike shop. Right on. I was at Universal just yesterday. Yesterday or Saturday. Um, went and got some parts that I had on order, and they've got the whole showroom. Um, blocked off they have a pretty significant stock of of parts and you know items they were always kind of my go-to whenever i needed a part um and they got signs all over saying like you know no browsing a limit of like four people in the store at a time um their setup is really creative though so they got the whole uh shop blocked off you can't go browse or anything but i watched somebody shop for a helmet with them and what they had was uh, another screen facing outward to the customer um, that mirrored their retail screen and so they they go okay so you're looking for a helmet here's kind of what we got and you know they could kind of browse that way i thought that was a really 
um, creative way to get around this sort of, I don't know, this time of not being able to touch anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is one, uh, that is one interesting thing. And maybe we, maybe we get into it in a future episode. Uh, sure. But the supply chain side of things, if bike shops are open and, uh, that, that larger logistical front, um, I know that mm-hmm. some folks have been posting sort of reviews or write-ups about uh, consumables within cycling that are maybe something that's good to stock up on, um, which I hope yeah. doesn't mean that somebody goes and like buys all the brake pads <laughs> at Universal Cycles uh, or some shit right. like that. I don't, I don't think it will. Uh, but, the toilet um, paper of, uh, <laughs> of bike items. Yeah. Well, it made me think of, uh, like, for my personal needs, I, I would... Uh, wasn't at the cycle Portland bike shop. It's been about a year and a half now. And I, mm-hmm. when I left, cause I still had um, the ability to get some discounts. I remember I was like, specifically I tried to get two years worth of things. Uh, and yeah. you know, in, <laughs> at least in terms of like tubes and brake pads and stuff like that. And I was pretty thankful because, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to come in right at that mark. Um, I knew, uh, yeah, I knew I needed a rim replaced and that, that got replaced and built up. And then I've gone through one full set of brake pads and, um, haven't really gotten a lot of flats, but I have switched to some, some Schwalbe marathon, uh, ultras just cause I don't like getting flats. And I was, I was looking, I was like, oh yeah, I'm on my last set of brake pads. So I think, I think for two years, if if you are like worried about stocking up, obviously it depends on how much you ride and where you ride and in what terrain. Um, yeah, before you go buy out all of you universal cycles, uh, just just a polite reminder that stuff stuff will go a fair bit of ways uh, if you give it a chance. Yeah, to. yeah. So and, I guess I ended up talking about it when I said I wasn't going to talk <laughs> about it, but we can save we can save the rest <laughs> of that combo for for a future time. Yeah. Well, and stuff stuff will be back. We might be in short supply of some things for a little while, but I firmly believe that this is still a temporary situation. Yeah, totally. Indeed. Yeah. Well, we have not had much mail today, or any mail today. But so, they... Do you know oh. what I do have, Aaron? Oh, what do you have? Well... I just happened to have a Town Series Threshing Day Ale featuring oh. Link Malt, steam-style ale brewed with Washington-grown Tricacatol and Copeland micro-malted by Link Malt in Spokane Valley from Three Magnets Brewing Company in my hand. And nice. it is delicious. And it's worth noting that the Beer Mongers is still open for takeout. So, you know, if you want to Maybe not browse, but if you've got an idea of what you want in their stock, they got a nice stock of all kinds of beers, um, kombuchas, and whatnots. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, and there's, yeah. there's it, one other thing that they're open for as well, um, which well, I, I haven't been down to the beer mongers in about two weeks. This was just a, a leftover can uh, from one of our previous episodes. I had kind of like stocking and chilling in the fridge. Um, but uh-huh. they, they, if you are, if you are out of state and you've, you've never had your opportunity to show somebody here in Portland, how much you love the beer mongers, um, they are selling 
online gift cards, uh, one of which I was happy to be able to get a friend yesterday because um, oh, I had so cool. been telling him about it and he hadn't he hadn't gone yet. So I was like, well, darn it, here you need to go. Here's your gift card. Um, so yeah, if you know somebody who's holing up in Portland um, and if they want to do a takeout from Beer Mongers, but you want it to be on you, uh, they do have online gift cards as well. Right on. That's great. Well, what do you think? Let's do it. All right. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at X-Ray Studios thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Bozinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler, Dave Knows. Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, who's in the next room, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's on the other end of this technological wonder we call the internet. It's a series of tunes. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regrainery. Campsite, Macnurse David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell. Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. We'll get it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do that when you're not, you know, looking at each other. John Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Marshall, Paula at Funataki Cyclecraft, Philip M, Spartandale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative, QA, Sarah G, Adam D, Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M., David C., our newest donor, 503. I love how that rhymes. Uh, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now, brush your teeth. And go to bed. And wash your hands. Oh, yeah, and that. <laughs> now wash your teeth and brush your hands. <laughs> cool. All right.